Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hello, and welcome to episode 32 of SLP Talk Show. I'm Carrie, and I'm here with Mr. Jim Ebert, husband. Hello. Hello. Business partner. Yes. An honorary speech language pathologist. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you are. You Let, know so much. Breaking my arm, pat, patting myself on the back. Yeah, right you now. are. Yeah. yeah, you are. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So. I just have to say, before we even start with Chumper Champ, you and I had a really funny conversation yesterday, and I am just really curious what listeners think. Do you remember what we talked about yesterday? And I said... <laughs> Is this the scissors yes, conversation? Yes, yes, okay. I said, you know, it really... it. I, I just wonder if I'm the strange one, because I have scissors in almost every room of the house, because I just feel like when I need them, I don't want to have to go looking for them. Mm-hmm. And I think you and I counted that we have scissors in seven different rooms of the house. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I can save you some time on this one. You're, <laughs> you're the weird one. I'm the weird one? <laughs> yeah. I know, and I'm okay with that. But like, I when I buy a, you know, a new shirt, I want to have scissors in the bathroom so that I can cut the tags off and hang my shirt up. Like, yep. I want scissors in the laundry room because sometimes I need to wash those yeah, new because, clothes and they because have tags. walking is hard. <laughs> yes, it's, I just like it's so hard to the conveniences. Walk 20 feet. And, no, but I like having yeah. scissors in every room. So, so I mean, it's it's good, I guess. Well, it's not harming anyone. It's not like I'm using them. I mean, you're supporting the scissor industry. I am supporting the scissor industry. Absolutely. So, anyways, uh, let's go ahead and play a quick game of chump or champ. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good, although the dogs are trying to distracting me. Gordo and Gabby, normally we try to keep them out of our room when we record. But they really feel very needy right now. So mm-hmm. um, they're two little Shih Tzu puppies. And they're so cute. And it's sweater weather. Gordon yeah, is wearing Gordy's his sweater. has got his sweater on. Yep. He's so cute. Oh. Yep. Okay, puppies, go play. Go, go, go. Okay, are you ready, Jim? Four questions. Let's see if you are feeling smart. Okay. Here we go. Number one. What is the name of the green horseradish that is commonly served with sushi? Wasabi. Hey, that's good for someone who doesn't eat yeah. sushi. I've I've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, What singer began her career with the hit song, Genie in a Bottle? Uh, Celine Dion. She she was on The Voice, like one of the very first. Did you ever even watch The Voice? She was like one of the the first female on The Voice. Um, I mean, as a judge. As a judge? Uh Uh-huh. Genie in a Bottle. Well, maybe she wasn't. I might be making this stuff up. No, it was Christina Aguilera. Oh, she was on Later. Yeah. I think Paula oh. Abdul is one of See, the originals. See, I don't know. Don't listen to me. I never even watch TV. Okay, two more questions. So wait, have you gotten any right yet? Oh, you got one. Okay, here we go. Um, what is the first name of the wife of Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> um, Jane. Starts Jane. with a sh sound. Sharon. Yes. yes. <laughs> you do not Sharon, get credit. Sharon, Jane. Okay, Jaren. Um, I'm going to give you a really easy one. Uh, in what TV series is one of the main characters named Mr. Spock? I mean, really? 
Well, what can you just... It was that or what country is famous for Corona beer? I mean, come on. Well, it's Star Trek and Mexico. Okay, so. very good. All right, I should so get credit for you both You got of those. like, we'll give you 2.5 out of, out I, of four. Okay, I, I think from here on out, we need to shorten the amount of questions. <laughs> How can we get fewer than four? <laughs> By having three. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're good. This is our okay. game. Okay, are you ready? Let's get serious. Honorary SLT. <laughs> you can't look at me and say get serious when you look at me like that. Okay, so uh, we are going to talk about AAC. AAC. Yep, and Mr. Honorary American SLT. American Athletic Conference. What? No. What? You know what? Now you no. just make yourself sound like a I, fool. No, I was just making a joke. What does it stand for, Mr. Honorary um, SLP? Uh, communication is the last word. Alternative, augmentative, alternative communication. Hey, that's pretty good. Hey. Pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So, uh, when will my child talk? I would say as an early intervention SLP, that's one of the most common questions I get asked, mm-hmm. right? When will my yep. child learn to talk? When is he going to say his first words? Uh, and that's the million-dollar question with no easy answer. So I think one important thing that I want to make sure, in case we have non-SLPs listening, if we have parents listening, right. is I want to make sure everybody is very clear on the difference between speech and language. Right. I think that a lot of people use those terms interchangeably, and they are not, contrary I, to popular belief, the same thing. Can I ask you a question? Oh, please do. What's the difference? Oh, well, thanks for that lead-in. That was really <laughs> great. That was really great. So language uh, refers to this whole system of words, gestures, and symbols that are used to communicate with other people. Okay. And then speech refers to the actual motor act of talking. Okay, motor act. Yes, so talking is one form of expressive language. Okay. But you can, wouldn't you agree, you can communicate with people without using any mouth words? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can communicate gestures, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Or so, just the, the face. The face. Oh, we're going to talk about Give the, the face. face. Yeah, we're going to talk about that here in a second because you always talk about my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a child can have a language-based disability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can have developmental language disorder. And there was this longitudinal study published in 2018 that found that developmental language disorder is the largest disability group in preschool age children. In fact, they found the prevalence to be around 7% of the preschool population has developmental language disorder. What's so interesting about that is developmental language disorder is way under-researched when compared to less prevalent disabilities such as autism or ADHD. So there isn't a ton of research on it, mm-hmm. uh, and um, or there's less uh, than there is for many other disabilities. But so you can, a child can have a language-based disability and or right? These two things can co-occur. A child can have a speech-based okay. disability. So they could, a child could have um, an articulation disorder, which means they have difficulty um, producing certain sounds okay. right, in isolation. Right. Uh, they could have a phonological disorder, which means they have difficulty using um, some of the rules of the spoken language. So kids with a phonological impairment, they might, for example, leave the endings off their words. Hmm. So instead of saying boat, okay. they call it a bow. Or they might have cluster reduction. So instead of saying like stop, they say dop. Or instead of saying snow, they say no. So okay. they're reducing those two those clusters into one sound at the beginning. Anyways, the other the other uh, speech disorder a child can have is a motor based speech disorder. And I specialize in childhood apraxia of speech. So that is one of the motor-based speech disorders. Dysarthria, or more appropriately, the dysarthrias, is the other motor speech 
disorder, okay? So we've got speech is the motor act of talking. So we're talking about how intelligible is the child when they use their mouth words, Mm -hmm. right? That's speech. Language refers to the ability to communicate, right? To use uh, a variety of different modalities to express themselves and to understand language as well. So um, when a child struggles with speech development, Mm -hmm. so we're talking about struggling with the motor act of talking, when those first words don't come, right? When they struggle uh, Mm -hmm. using mouth words, if you will, then AAC should be our first goal. As speech language pathologists, this is number one, right? So AAC, as Jim told us at the beginning, is augmentative and alternative communication. So AAC refers to all the ways that someone communicates besides talking. Mm -hmm. Talking is one way, and I think everybody assumes it's the most important way, that it's the, the number one way, but it's important to understand that we all use augmentative and alternative forms of communication. We do on a a daily basis, right? So augmentative means you add to someone's speech. Alternative means you use in lieu of someone's speech, Mm -hmm. right? And we both, we do that. Every person does. Um, When we gesture, so there are not so nice gestures that people give, for example. (laughs) Yeah. On the road. On the road, especially. Yeah, sure. The bird, if you will, right? So that's a form of communication. Uh, Jim, you have often told me that um, you, you say it in a very encouraging and uh, 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 way of trying to teach me or help me to understand and self-reflect <laughs> when Jim says, Carrie, you need to be careful because you yell with your face, which I do, don't I? Sometimes. Yeah. I there's no I, I wear my heart on my sleeve. There is absolutely no uh, mistaking you know, uh, in how I feel in the moment. So I do. I communicate very effectively without saying any words at all don't i mm-hmm. yes yes That's he's very trying true. very hard not to after I, I, almost 30 I, I'm years i'm trying of marriage, not to get myself in trouble yeah yeah see he's being very wise very wise so we can gesture that's a form mm-hmm. of aac um anytime we type send an email write mm-hmm. something down write a note to someone use emojis anytime we text another person we are all using forms of aac, AAC. so it's really important that if you're a parent if you're a caregiver they understand that aac isn't something that we only use with children who are struggling learning to talk every single one of us uses what i would call multimodal communication mm-hmm. meaning we all communicate using a variety of different different ways yep if you guys could only see jim right now so he is holding our sweet little five pound little puppy yeah so if there's any noises that come through it's i promise it's not me making whatever gross noise he just made we have gotten it has gotten so cold here in kansas city like overnight it dropped like 40 degrees and so gordy is wearing his sweater and he just wants to be held and snuggled so he is burrowed into jim's yeah, I'm, I'm holding was, him like a little baby. Yeah, he's holding him like a little infant. He and, weighs five and a half pounds. Yeah, and he's just so dang cute. But if you could see them right now, you guys. It's fully grown. Fully grown, too. Fully yeah. grown, yes. Perpetual puppies, that's what we have. So, <laughs> if we have a child, whether you're a speech-language pathologist, whether you're a parent, caregiver, teacher, if we have a child who is struggling learning to talk or can talk but finds themselves unable to access their mouth words. There are some times where anxiety gets the best of kids, where they just are not in a place where they're not regulated enough from Mm -hmm. a sensory standpoint to be able to use their spoken language or their mouth words, if you will. I really like that term. You like the term mouth words? Yeah. I I just like, I 
I know it's, use that now. It's, it's a like, very use your simple mouth term, but I think that it's important that we acknowledge that there's other language. So I'm gonna, can, can I use that when you're talking with your face? Use your mouth words. Instead of your face words, Carrie. Instead of your <laughs> facial expressions. Yes, use your mouth words, Carrie. That's good. That's mouth, good. Mouth words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if a child is struggling learning to talk or finds themselves unable to access spoken language okay. or mouth words, the word Jim's new favorite term. Okay. Then visual communication supports should be introduced immediately. There is no waiting because we have to understand that um, every person, regardless of age, needs a way to effectively communicate. Mm-hmm. Right. It's really important that we don't say, oh, he's too young to use AAC or, right. you know, have some other. Um, a preconceived notion about, oh, the child has to have a certain set of skills before we could introduce AAC. Right. We, I mean, babies communicate with crying at a very, very sure. young age. I remember, so when I did my undergrad, I went to the University of Iowa, go Hawkeyes, and one of my favorite courses in, because my major was communication disorders and sciences, right, right. in right. Iowa City, and one of my favorite courses was, I can't think of the professor's name, but it was all a course about analyzing the cries of infants. Mm, and this cool. professor, because the university hospital is right there, right. he would go into the NICU and into like, I don't know, he would spend a lot of time like in, in after babies were born. And I think families would come back for him to just analyze cries. He would record cries mm-hmm. and then they would determine, oh, this was a hunger cry. This was a, you know, and he studied it and he had all this data. And he said, we absolutely know what different cries mean. You can tell a pain cry from a boredom cry, wow. from a hunger cry, from a, a I'm sick cry, from, you know, a, a, I'm really overly tired cry. Mm-hmm. It was really neat because we literally just sat around for a whole semester and analyzed baby cries. Isn't that neat? Wow, that's cool. So it is important to understand that infants are communicating, right? Everybody communicates um, before, long before those spoken words right. come. Right, right. Okay, so we're going to acknowledge then that AAC uh, is important to introduce immediately. When I was in grad school... And I will date myself. I mean, I graduated from grad school in 1995. But the the school of thought back then was that AAC was considered more of a last resort. Okay. Never the first, right. right? You never started with that. There was this idea that, oh, we should always work on talking, right? And then if after a year or two maybe mm-hmm. of speech therapy and it wasn't effective, then somebody was like, maybe we should. Now, I will say this. We now live in the digital age. And we have access to high-tech AAC devices that when I first right. got started in my field in this field um they were super expensive these devices right. were huge they were so heavy it was like lugging around a you know a huge giant weight and they were so hard to program they weren't easy to reprogram and so there was just a lot of limitations so well don't you think that played into that somewhat is if they're super expensive yeah that's prohibitive yep if it's super heavy and cumbersome mm-hmm. to use maybe they weren't as um pliable as mm-hmm. far as the uh, the programming you know that was right. available back then you know I mean think yeah. about it yeah yeah you know, so, since the world's changed oh. since 1998 yeah you know yeah. since 2000 oh, so time. much I mean big you, time you know there's this thing called the internet that actually happened right right and that even time just and, thinking about and, portable handheld devices right. so I mean listening to this podcast right now is a miracle yeah, it's it's, that... it's it wasn't something that was done no, before. no, it's amazing. It really so, is. It really is. Um, and that's why. So, you know, yeah. so maybe that plays into now like, OK, well, AAC is much cheaper now, cheaper to produce, mm-hmm. much easier to use, easier probably to much more robust as far as its yep. capabilities. Yep. 
So maybe it's it's more of an option now than it you was bet. then just you because of the is. technology. You bet it is. And so that right there, Jim's nice summary, is the reason why AAC should never be considered a last resort, right? Mm-hmm. The minute a child is struggling with the uh, development of speech, mm-hmm. right, anytime, then we want to start uh, thinking about visual communication supports, okay? AAC can be used by people of all ages, even toddlers. Mm-hmm. There's no prerequisite skills. There's no, like, developmental milestones that are necessary before visual communication supports uh, can be introduced. When we think about AAC, I just think it's so important to recognize that language trumps speech. Mm-hmm. That in the grand scheme of things, our overall goal is communication. Our overall goal is not speech, right? We always have to think about in order to communicate, uh, a human being has to have access to language. But you can communicate without having access to speech because speech is just one form of language. Does that, right? So while we, yes, I mean, speaking is perhaps uh, oftentimes the most efficient way, but again, we don't. We, we all communicate in other ways as well. So we never want to say, oh, well, this child isn't old enough to think about using a, a, an AAC device or, or anything like that. So there's no-tech and low-tech devices, or I mean options, AAC options. So that would be things like teaching the child to use commonly recognized gestures. Okay. You know, like if I've, I love teaching, especially little kids, like come on, you know, which is where you just take your hand and you right. just sort of motion. Like right. that's a, a commonly understood Uh, gesture right so we can teach gestures there are communication picture communication boards that Mm -hmm. we can introduce Uh, sign language is obviously a very valuable uh, no-tech option Mm -hmm. that if if the child has good um, imitation of actions using their fingers and arms and hands on command you know then then sign language becomes an option we also have high-tech options and that would be using apps that would be using a speech generating device Mm -hmm. so uh, as we think about visual commu- communication supports, I think one of the biggest barriers or obstacles, what was it? You have a term for that. Objection. What is it? You, you Like when you're trying to sell something and people have a... They have an objection. Is that the right word? Yeah. Okay. So the biggest objection to using visual communication supports is they think that it will keep kids from learning to talk, mm-hmm. that it will sl- somehow slow down uh, speech development or that it will, they'll be like, oh, well, if I can use that, I'm just not going to use my mouth words. And all the research <laughs> yeah. shows that that is, <laughs> there's your favorite word again. Mouth that, words. Yeah, mouth words. That, that uh, the research shows that AAC facilitates speech development. I've never read a study that showed that it hindered uh, any kind of, of speech development. So you can go to the American Speech and Hearing Association's website and uh, you can just Google AAC, ASHA, mm-hmm. speech development. I mean, they've got, you know, great information on there uh, that it does not delay speech development. So when we first introduce AAC to young children, to, to anybody of any age, but especially to young children, mm-hmm. what the adult should do is immerse the child in this pressure-free, language-rich environment by modeling how to use AAC with no expectations for the child to use it. So it's not like, show me, yeah, it's not like, show me a, you know, cookie on your device where Mm -hmm. they then have to search and find cookie. Like that's not communicative. That's just giving a directive. And so it's just really helpful if you have this device, uh, you know, a high tech device and you're outside and the child is, sees a bird in the sky and you can then model on the device. It's great if you have your own device, but oftentimes that's not possible. So, you know, you may have to use the child's uh, and model on it. Um, uh, I see 
a bird, you know, and you would mm-hmm. hit the buttons and, and, and then the child is like, oh, wow, yeah, you know, and that you have this connection then. So okay. you can model it. You don't have to always be quizzing the child and mm-hmm. trying to get them to prove to you that they know where something is. The other thing that I think is really fascinating is that oftentimes when children are given uh, a high-tech voice output device, they will often just push random buttons and often repeatedly hit the same button over and over and over. And we like to refer to that as AAC babbling, that the child is babbling on their device. Think about a, a baby. Oh, a wow. baby babbles for up to a year before they use, uh, um, you know, words spoken words in an intentional manner uh, and in using adult versions of those words so we need to accept that when children are exposed to AAC they're going to babble with it they're going to explore it and they're going to discover what its capabilities are don't ever forget that this device is the child's voice Mm -hmm. so they have a right to explore it just like uh you know babies uh oh gordy he liked those funny sounds (laughs) (laughs) um but you know babies when they're playing with mouth sounds before mouth words come they babble so Mm -hmm. we have to understand that regardless of the child's age when you expose them to this voice that they've never had access to Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you give them this amazing device that has all these cool sounds on it and words of course they're going to play with it of course they're going to babble with it of course they're going to explore and discover its capabilities so don't ever take a device away from a child saying oh all he does is just mess around with it he's just playing with it well, sorry, that. What are you gonna do? Take a baby's voice away? Stop babbling, baby. You maybe know? It, maybe he's getting some joy out of this. Well, and obviously, you if know? you see I kids mean, with their device, it's the most beautiful yeah. thing. Now they now they can communicate. Yeah. You know, well, and even and if even it's babbling just, is 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 yeah, like a joyful thing. It is a joyful thing, and if anything, it sometimes shows us like maybe the child is hitting the button over and over for green dinosaur green dinosaur and maybe they really they're trying to let you know i really like dinosaurs or there's Mm -hmm. this one dinosaur episode of some show or i love this green dinosaur book who knows but we start to get a little glimpse into what they're thinking about what they're interested in what their preferences are right yeah and and maybe before that you hadn't you didn't you didn't know yeah absolutely so we want to make sure that when we first introduce aac it's not this quizzing type atmosphere mm-hmm. where we're just putting high pressure on the child right. people say oh he doesn't use it anyway so they never take it out of the backpack in the classroom they just leave it in there because they're like well he doesn't know how to use it well what are you gonna do tell say a baby who's you know done not talking yet well they're never gonna learn to talk anyway so just tape their mouth shut because they can't talk anyways <laughs> you know i know that's ridiculous but okay so you used a word jim which i have to say i'm just so impressed with what? your knowledge you use the word robust earlier when you were talking about yeah i don't even know in what context you used it but i'm like this is amazing because we want to always strive for a robust aac system okay Mm -hmm. and that means that it can do many things there's many many uh aspects of a robust aac system that we want to make sure are in place so what makes aac robust well it should be organized and easy to use Right. We don't want something that's so complex that nobody can I'm, figure I'm sure it out. that I heard you use that word before. You think that's probably past, how I Well, use it's a nice it. word to have in your Why vocabulary. Uh, robust AAC should have options to grow language and literacy mm-hmm. over time. 
we don't know how long the child is going to use this device, right? right? It might be short term. It might be long term. It might be forever. We don't know, right? So we want there to always be options to grow so it can be used for academics, can be used for reading, right? All of that. Uh, we want to make sure that this device provides access to a wide variety of words. It mm -hmm. shouldn't just be filled with nouns, for example. Right. We want to make right. sure that this is fully uh, uh, conversational, has that ability. It should have options for pre-programmed messages. Uh, there's no reason a child should have to uh, answer questions by type, you know, hitting a button for each word, for example, to if someone were to ask, when's your birthday a lot or what's your name? There should be a button that just says, my name is, is Sam, right. you know, or my right. name is Carrie. They shouldn't have to, t you know, everything shouldn't have to be so much so cumbersome. Mm -hmm. So if there's an option to put in uh, phrases, mm -hmm. especially if you are supporting an autistic child who tends to use a lot of scripts, who is a Gestalt sure. language learner, we want to put some of those preferred scripts in there uh, so that if the child needs access to those, they're readily available. So using um, or, or making sure everything isn't just single word, right? That we're thinking right. about phrases. Yeah, like I want to go outside. Yeah, or... I want to go outside or I have to go potty. Right. Like why should you have to work for that? There should be one button that says the entire thought, right? The entire sentence. Uh, we also want a robust AAC to have full alphabet and word prediction. Wouldn't okay. you agree when you send a message to someone on your phone that mm -hmm. you like that it has word prediction? I mean, doesn't it make yeah, like, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's not accurate. No. I, mean, I know that. And sometimes it changes <laughs> yes. what I say and... But even worst. when I'm like typing an email, I very much <laughs> right. appreciate that it predicts whole phrases and I can just hit tab and that yeah. whole thing is entered. Like it should I, make sense. I will say easy. this. I think it, the predictor is much nicer than me most of the time. Most of the time, the word yeah. choice. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, robust AAC should focus um, on encouraging a wide range of communicative functions. So one of the most commonly used visual communication supports before this digital age came about was mm -hmm. called PECS, Picture Exchange Communication System. Okay. And it was primarily used, at least in the early stages, just for requesting. So kids would use this very rote phrase, I want a cookie, I want a drink, I want, and so it was, they had to use so this carrier I phrase, I want, and they would, so anyways, it was primarily used just for requesting. So we grew this generation of children to be sounding quite robotic and using these, these phrases, I want, I want. I want, I want, despite the fact that the majority of young children don't actually use that formal phrase, I want, a lot. And so it is not, uh, PEX is not really considered a robust communication system. Uh, so when we think about all the different communicative functions that we use language for, you ready for these, Jim? Would mm -hmm. you agree we use language to express our thoughts, ideas, preferences, and feelings? Yes. I would we, agree. We use language for requesting. I'm not saying requesting isn't important. It's just one of many things that we do. Mm -hmm. Whether it's requesting help, requesting a desired item, right? Yeah. So requesting, right? That's that's obviously something that we want kids to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Asking and answering questions, self-advocating, protesting, disagreeing, arguing, complaining, negotiating. Uh, we all use language for those as well. So we right. can't say that this is only, we only want the flowers, you know, and the happy things. Right, uh, all right. children should be able to self-advocate and tell people what their preferences are, right. be able to disagree, mm -hmm. um, tell people I don't like it, 
Right? Yeah, maybe there, there's there's hard conversations that they have to have. Exactly, with people. exactly. Talking about experiences, that's another use of language. Commenting, just simply making a comment, right? We do that all day long, mm-hmm. right? Oh, look at the sun. I'm so happy the sun is shining. Can you imagine not being able to ever make a comment in your life if you were limited to using your words only to request? I mean, wow, yeah. how limiting that is that? Be- that would be weird. I will never forget when I was sitting in this meeting. I was consulting with an early childhood center. And so it was the director. It was me. And it was like three of the teaching staff and maybe a couple pairs. We were sitting around this table. Mm-hmm. And the people in the room were questioning AAC because they were saying, we're just afraid that then the kids won't want to talk. You know, once right. they, so we were going there. And right. I said, but you guys, I want you to think about this, you know, because they're, they're big into PEC. So they're primarily only using it. So kids are only communicating to request. That's pretty much all they're using this picture visual communication system for is to request so they only bring it out at snack time because that makes sense like oh, okay. a snack right. I, I want apple i want cookie they I don't want, want him crack. asking for stuff when he does right that. if it's not an option they're like well <laughs> i don't want to give him choices right yeah. now you know to ask for stuff so anyways i said to this group i said i want you to imagine we've been sitting around this table talking for you know close to 30 minutes what if the only time you were allowed to communicate was if you had to make a request I said, I want you to think about how many requests you guys have made. Because up until then, I hadn't heard one person request anything from me. Mm-hmm. So if we only used language, our spoken words to request, right. I want you to think about how limited our communication would oh, be. Oh, yeah. It'd be terrible. I can't even fathom it. And yet we do this to so many children where we limit them to only making choices like at, ooh, center time. Do you want to play blocks or Play-Doh? And they use their pictures and they point to blocks. Okay, you can play blocks. Now, see, he communicated, right? Mm -hmm. Woo-woo, we worked on our goal. It's pretty limiting, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, How how long ago was that, by the way? Oh, that was last year. Last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, no, no. This so is, this and that's is, why I wanted this to talk is an about ongoing this. issue. It is an ongoing issue. It is because of misinformation. You know, our favorite saying, um, uh, uh, people don't know what they don't know. You don't know. What you, you don't know don't what know. you don't know. So who said that? That was, who'd you tell me? I don't me know. From? Steve said it was Aristotle. I Aristotle. Think, but I don't know. We'll just go with that. We'll I, just say, I mean, Jimmy Burt said yeah, it. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, we'll just but, go with that. I mean, I'm sure it's been said before. <laughs> well, I just said it, right? So, <laughs> okay. Um, so other reasons, uh, other functions of communication, directing the action of others. When I talk about this one, people always look at me funny. Kids say things like, sit here, mama. Come sit. Come play with me, mama. Let's mm-hmm. go outside, mama. Dada, um, let's, you know, so it's where they're directing your action. They're telling you to come here or sit here or hold me. Hold me, daddy. Hold yeah. me, right? Well, so I mean, remember Whitney when she was young? I mean, just a stream of consciousness. Yes, yes. From the time she was two years old. Oh, yeah. She was such an early talker. I yeah. mean, just incredible. Yeah. Never was- stopped talking. I remember Will... My, my nephew said, does she ever stop talking? No, actually. I was like, no. no because <laughs> she's pretty my much... daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then one of the other major communicative functions of language is to socialize with other people. Right. Let's be very clear that being able to have meaningful interactions and relationships with other people is, is critical, right? It's critical mm-hmm. to our... Well, I think it's stimulating to your brain. And I think that, you know, yeah. one of the reasons why she, kids love to communicate is because it, it makes them feel good. Well, yeah, and it's and, connection, and it, and it, right? Yeah, connection. yeah, you're creating relationships, connections, all Absolutely. these things. It's healthy. It is healthy. It's, it's unhealthy not health. to. Yeah, it's so important for mental health, for building social, emotional. Um, I mean, just know, think about how we just went through COVID and we were all separated from each other oh. and how hard that was, yeah. you know, for a lot of us that are social. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, 
it, it was difficult to be separated from other people and it's difficult not to be able to communicate with Do you people. remember when we were like a month into the pandemic and we kind of looked at each other and we're like, well, we finished Netflix. Now what do we <laughs> yeah. do? You know, because we were like, it was illegal to gather. The Remember end. how funny up in our kitchen, I have this big sign. It's like written in, in script and in cursive and it says gather. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because about a month or two into the pandemic, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sign is illegal. Right. Like, we yeah. cannot gather. Like they were telling, because our, our daughter was supposed to graduate from college and they were like, no graduation ceremony. You can't, they were telling you, you couldn't even gather with your own family yeah, members. Yeah, we couldn't, I think it was, you couldn't have more, more than, than 10, 10 people, people you know? know right. and so like neighbors we were like sitting in our own driveways and like waving to neighbors across the grass oh, like hi yeah. cheers you know well, and if you had um a grandparent or a parent yeah. in a nursing home no nope. you were you weren't even allowed to see them no 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 i'm telling you i'm telling you so um the most important component though of a robust aac system the most important is that it is always available not sometimes available, right, not occasionally, right? Always available. You take it to the store with you. You take it out to the backyard with you. And this is why having multiple forms of AAC is so important. Because let's say the child is playing in the water or is playing with something messy like sand. I think it's fair to say using the iPad may not be an option right then. So mm-hmm. having a low-tech visual communication system that's portable that you take to the park with you that Mm -hmm. you take we we just have to really think about there isn't always just one system there isn't just this oh one go-to system just get pro low quota go and everything's going to be great i mean that's fabulous but i still would encourage you to carry a low-tech you know uh picture communication system with you sure well i mean and i think the the robust part of it needs to be there, there's considerations there's yeah, there's always. there's a million different situations that could happen yeah. there could be an emergency yeah yeah you know and, what i love i see they could have to communicate that. yeah absolutely i see online that a lot of parks and um i think early childhood you know centers have been doing this for a while but i'm seeing a lot of like city parks putting aac boards uh, yeah in the i've park. seen that you too. know big pictures mm-hmm. like a big sign so it's readily visible uh usable mm-hmm. uh, it's just such a a neat that's, thing to that's be cool. seeing. And, and it's, it's increasing awesome they, awareness, yeah. increasing acceptance. And that's the message I think all speech language pathologists want to send is that there is no one right way to communicate. Well, right? there shouldn't be any stigma attached no, to there AAC. There absolutely should not. Either. There should not. So if you have a child who would benefit from AAC, it's always helpful to find a speech language pathologist a speech language pathologizer. pathologist. Yes, find a speech language pathologizer. <laughs> I love making up words. Yes, wow. good job. Uh, a speech language pathologist who specializes in AAC. It's right. always helpful. Right. Uh, uh, all SLPs have at least a basic understanding. And there's but so many options out there. Oh, now, there are right? so many options. I mean, so so many. And they probably keep increasing. Oh, I'm sure they do. By the by, the day and, and yeah. month. So. Uh, some of the robust AA systems to consider right now would be Lamp Words for Life. Mm. That's a really good one for children with a practice. um, with motor planning difficulties because it stands for um, uh, part of it the MP is motor planning motor planning language acquisition and motor planning so meaning the the symbols never change their location so once that motor plan is built you never change the location so there's lamp words for life touch chat pro loquo to go pod books those are just to name a few I mean there are a lot more out there that are robust so the last thing I want to end with is there is this book uh, it was written by Eden Molyneux, mm-hmm. M-O-L-I-N-E-U-X. But it is called Something to Say About My Communication Device. Oh, that's cool. And I just got it on Amazon. I will include the link in our in our show notes. But it's just a beautiful, very simple little story about a girl named Kate. 
and on every page in the picture she has her communication device with her and so she's playing with all these kids she says I like racing cars and playing at the park I'm also great at telling jokes and then it has her telling a joke on her device and the joke is what do you get when you cross a turtle with a porcupine a slow poke <laughs> so she's able to tell jokes and her friends are laughing the next page it says I have a communication device I call it my talker Speaking can be hard for me, so my talker helps me while I play with my friends. So in this picture, she's got her device, and she has the device say, uh, your turn, because mm -hmm. now they're taking, they're playing like Candyland oh, or something. awesome. But it's just a beautiful little story about what, you know, how to use the device while hanging out with their friends and family, when they want to raise their hand and comment in the classroom. I just think it's just a beautiful, simple little story. So I just wanted to share that with you. I'm sure there are more and more uh, books, children's books that are going to, you know, be published because we live in this amazing era where you can self-publish, you know, I know where you can. It's so cool. It is. It's just really, really neat. So, that's, that's great. Yeah. So, I love that. Thanks for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now get out there, be a nice person, be kind, be accepting, and please get your mammogram. Early detection can absolutely save your life. It certainly saved mine 10 years ago. Until we meet again, cheers. Cheers.